Welcome to the Believing Theologist Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and sound doctrine in Lansing, Mid Michigan, and to the farthest reaches of the UP. How's it going, everybody? Hope everybody's doing well today. Make a quick adjustment there. There we go. First, I want to say thanks for tuning in. Second, I want to say thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you came in, come to hang out. Hope we can learn things together. Now, um, what I want to go over today, something very, very important. Uh, this is kind of a call to all the pastor pastors out there and elders and boards, however your uh, ch- local church um, polity is set up. And I think this is very important. About the, about the nature of what Christian worship and what our worship should be. Now, to go over this, I'm going to re- very quickly read through the London Baptist Confession of Faith, 1689, chapter 22, of Religious Worship and the Sabbath Day. These are very important things. Now, before, before some of you say, no, but that's not Scripture, you're always... That's not scripture. That's just man's ideas, and uh, confessions don't matter, and that's legalism. Stop and think for a minute. Stop and think for a minute. What has Christ required of us that are now in Him? We are we are graciously saved saved by faith by grace through faith in Christ alone. This is most most certainly is true. But we're also given a responsibility as the people of God. Responsibility, then, to lead our families. Responsibility to go to work. And to do all these things for the glory of God. But more specifically, let's look at the tent. One of the command, one of the first part of the Decalogue, first part of the Ten Commandments: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Chapter twenty-two of Religious and Worship in the Sabbath Day, Paragraph One: The light of nature shows that there is a God who has lordship and sovereignty over all. Is just, good, and does good to all and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served with all the heart and all the soul and with all the might. But the acceptable way of worshiping the true God is instituted by himself, and so limited by his own revealed will that he may not be worshipped according to the imagination and devices of men, nor the suggestion of Satan, under any visible representations, or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scriptures. Religious worship is to be given to God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, <coughs> and to Him alone, not to angels, saints, or any other creatures, and since the fall, not without a mediator, nor in the mediation of any other church, of any other but Christ alone. I want to read that again. Let's let this sink through. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. Religious worship is to be given to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to Him alone. 
not to angels, saints, or any other creatures. And since the fall, not without a mediator, nor in the mediation of any other but Christ alone. We only have one mediator. So my Catholic friends, when you're offering prayers to the saints, you're looking at a different mediator than Christ. Paragraph 3. Prayer with thanksgiving being one part of natural worship is by God required of all men. That's right, all men. But that it may be accepted is to be made in the name of the Son by the help of the Spirit according to His will with understanding, reverence, humility, fervency, faith, love, and perseverance and when others in a known tongue. Paragraph 4. Prayer is to be made for things lawful and for all sorts of men living, or that shall live hereafter. But not for the dead, nor for those who, of whom it may be known that they have sinned unto death. Prayer is to be made for all things lawful and for all sorts of men living, or that shall live hereafter, but not for the dead. You don't pray for the dead, nor for those of whom it may be known that they have sinned unto death. Paragraph 5. The reading of the scriptures, preaching and hearing the word of God, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord, as also the administration of baptism, the Lord's Supper, are all parts of religious worship of God to be performed in obedience to him with understanding, faith, reverence, and godly fear. Moreover, solemn humiliation with fastings and thanksgivings upon special occasions ought to be used in a holy and religious manner. Preaching of the word, baptism, giving of the sacrament, are all parts of worship that God requires. Paragraph 6. Neither prayer nor any other part of religious worship is now under the gospel, tied, un tied unto, or made more acceptable by any place in which it is performed or towards which it is directed. But God is to be worshipped everywhere in spirit and in truth, as in private families, daily, and in secret, each one by himself. So more solemnly, solemnly in the public assemblies, which are not carelessly nor willfully to be neglected or forsaken by when, God, by when God, by his word or providence, calls thereunto. I'm going to read that again. Paragraph 6, London Baptist Confession, chapter 22 of worship. Neither prayer nor any other part of religious worship is now under the gospel, tied unto, or made more acceptable by any place in which it is performed or towards which it is directed. But God is to be worshipped everywhere in spirit and in truth, as in private families, daily, and in secret, each one by himself. So more, so more solemnly in the public assemblies, in the public assemblies, which are not carelessly or willfully to be neglected or forsaken, when, when God, by his word 
or providence calls thereunto. Let me read that last bit again. So more solemnly in the public assemblies, which are not carelessly nor willfully to be neglected or forsaken, when by God his word or providence calls thereunto. The gathering is not to be neglected. You see this in Hebrews 10.25, Acts 2.42. This is part of what God commands. Going on, paragraph 7. As it is the law of nature that in general a proportion of time by God's appointment be set apart for the worship of God, so by his word in a positive, moral, and perpetual commandment binding all men in all ages, he has particularly appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath to be kept holy unto him, which from the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ was the last day of the week, and from the resurrection of Christ was changed into the first day of the week, which is called the Lord's Day, and is to be continued to the end of the world as the Christian Sabbath, the observation the last day of the week being abolished. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. As it is the law of nature that in general proportion of time by God's appointment be set apart for the worship of God. In a positive moral and perpetual commandment, binding all men, all ages, he has particularly appointed one day in seven for a Sabbath to be kept holy unto him. Now, in the beginning creation, since creation up until Christ, that day had been what we know as Saturday, the final day of the week. That final day of the week, celebrate as a Sabbath. But in the, but in the New Testament, post-resurrection, the church started meeting on the resurrection day, Sunday. Sorry, I got this new light. It's really bright. The Lord's Day, Sunday. They met on the day of resurrection. He resurrected on Sunday. And God com- and this is commanded, I believe, that this should be continued to be observed by the church, by those in the church. Going on. Paragraph 8. The Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord when men after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering of their common affairs aforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreations, but are also taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. This is how we can keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath is then kept holy unto the Lord when men, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering their common affairs aforehand, do not only observe a holy rest all day from their own works and words and thoughts about the time in public and private exercises of his worship and the duties of necessity and mercy. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Now, with that, there's something I want to share with you. I had come across this. 
and I think it's very good and illustrative of I I think the stances men men of God should be taking. Now, not to say it's not without its nuance, and in the current health situation, that precaution should not be taken when we gather. Not to take away from that. But first and foremost, what has God commanded? Pharaoh. I'm going to start that again. I didn't have the volume on this. <laughs> Try again. So newsflash. Pharaoh doesn't get to dictate to God's people how they worship their God. God's the one that defines the parameters. God's the one that communicates his will and his plan for his church, not Egypt. And I'm telling you right now, with this cease and desist letter in my hand, the Bible says to the New Testament church, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. And the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the more church we ought to be having, not less church. Now that's God's parameters. So I'm tearing up this cease and desist order right here. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to do it God's way. Amen. We're going to do it God's way. God tells us how to worship him. Nobody else gets to do that. God tells us how to worship him. Nobody else tells us how to do that. Churches, pastors, this is a call to you. I understand much of what has happened the past few months has been unprecedented for many of us. And we're all and everything this is being na- being navigated slowly but surely. But pastor, this is a call for you. If you have Remained open, the doors of your church. Well, the appointed gathering place, rather. Through this entire time. Or, if you recently reopened, I would love to talk to you. Let's talk about the biblical, the theological and biblical parameters of what it means to worship and what God has commanded. Pastor, I would like to hear from you. What is the reason you have remained open? And I dare say it's because of what God has commanded. So, if you like, message send me a message. I'm a believing, I'm believing theologist on Facebook, or you can reach me on Twitter at Believing Theolo, at Believing Theolo. I'd love to sit and talk. Let's talk about what, let's talk about, let's get the message out of what God's people should be doing. Okay? So, if that's you, I'd like to come, come on, hang out, talk for a second. I'd love to have you on. Send me a message at Believing Theologist on Facebook or at Believing Theolo on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time.
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. If any of you listening have any questions or comments, look up Believing Theologist on iTunes, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, or Google Play, and at Believing Theolo on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you'll stick around for a few episodes or more. This has been an episode of Believing Theologist proclaiming the gospel and sound doctrine to the furthest reaches of the great state of Michigan. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.